0: Well, we're here. We're going live. There we go. I think we are live now. Hi, everybody. It's Stacy, and I'm here my friend Joe Bill. Hi, Joe it's Bill. Hi, Stacy. How Hi. are you? I'm
1: good. It's good to be here in a live, in a live thing with you, my friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about it for a long time, and we're finally mm-hmm. doing it.
1: Finally doing it. Yeah, we've why got, not?
0: Got my little, um, thank you, John, uh, John Tim behind the scenes
1: yay um, thank you john tim
0: thank you john tim um now i gotta share this um while we're talking but we we did our festival this weekend thanks yeah. to you and all the performers uh oh, it was amazing
1: it was so much it was so much fun um it's, it's, i love the idea Th- did you did you end up calling it a la Ronde? <laughs>
0: It was, yeah.
1: Epic LaRonde. Epic
0: LaRonde. La and I think for next year, I think we should actually try to um, get a Guinness Book of World Records for the longest LaRonde
1: Longest s- chain of story, LaRonde chain, story. We're both into the chain concepts.
0: Yep. And, um, you know, Jill Bernard opened it and closed oh, did it. She? Oh, did she? Yep.
1: As the as the same character, I missed yeah. the opening and closing. Sorry, Jill.
0: Yep. Well, we'll we'll get it out to you because it was beautiful. So we're gonna cut like the, the second city with us. Um, <laughs> I'm typing. I'm talking. I'm sharing. Uh, it was just so much fun. I think it would be awesome to make it a. You know, we want to make it an annual thing. I think it would be. So much fun, and Jill's thing, of course. Like oh, we were all exhausted. Everybody's crying at the end. It was, like a beautiful <laughs> ending about you're the one to bring people joy. Everything. Like, oh, it's, uh, it's all we want to do. <laughs> oh,
1: like I like, think like any. <clears throat> I've only done one marathon that lasted. Uh, you know, I actually didn't do the whole. I think I did twenty four hours of the forty eight hours for Santa or whatever the. I didn't do the whole thing that happens at um, at uh, uh, the ETC. Year. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I did. I did pull an all nighter, and uh, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how the people in Edmonton do their freaking what is it forty eight or seventy two hours of like the soap-a-thon or whatever. Yeah, up at uh, like e- yeah. I don't.
0: I I mean, honestly, I've been kind of opposed to the all-night thing just because I'm getting old. (laughs) I mean, I used to stay up all night uh, twice a month. Like, every other week I'd have an all-nighter. And I'm just... I can't do it. My body just can't do it anymore. I abused it long enough. And it's like, hey, now you got to take care of me. I took care of you. You got to take care of me. That's right. But not that that's happening, but I... but. (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> my intentions it's, are there.
1: It's on your vision board.
0: <laughs> it is actually letters stand is one of my favorite things. Uh, so it brings us to the topic of Second City, um, mm-hmm. which is what I just wanted to chat about today because it I am nerd out about these things and mm-hmm. so we know yesterday was a big day in improv news, Joe.
1: Yes, it broke, and <laughs> it's um. <laughs> There's a lot of improv news around this second city, the forming of the teachers union. Yep. I'm entering into that. I'm really excited. Uh, Your brother's going to join us.
0: Yes. So a lot of people, I think, are wondering what that even means to have a private equity company, what it is, what are their motivations. Mm -hmm. And so a bunch of us were just chatting about it on the uh, Improv Resources Facebook group. and or Discussions and Resources, the official name. And and I thought, you know, who knows this stuff is my brother. Mm-hmm. So my brother teaches uh, mergers and acquisitions at Babson College.
1: That's convenient.
0: <laughs> yep. He's a lawyer and uh, mainly works not as a lawyer, but using those skills as a business broker and brokering big, giant sales just like this. Uh, sometimes private equity, sometimes not. But he... Uh, has a a very interesting perspective and can explain a lot of, like, what I really wanted was somebody who's not a comedian or Mm -hmm. an improviser or a sketch comedian uh, or an improv teacher. (laughs) I wanted somebody who's Mm -hmm. just totally outside of this world and looking purely through a money-making lens. Because originally... The announcement was Andrew Alexander is going to sell, and he's going to sell, hopefully, to somebody with BIPOC um, representation of some kind. And that Mm -hmm. that sale would result in Second City being a more uh, racially just place because Mm -hmm. it would have at its highest level. And so, yeah, as many of us discussed, the best part of the article about the sale explains that, and then it says this private equity firm is not that right this is not somebody Mm -hmm. trying to come in and make uh somebody with a passion for comedy who wants to nurture um a more just culture um or equitable culture it's it's about money
1: yeah and the um i mean i've been an improviser for a long time but i've also been on the in-house side of it with training companies before. And so there's a whole context where people that are contract trainers, um, or a mix of contract and in-house, uh, full-time trainers for training companies. Um, I've been, I've been mostly uh, contract, but when a company gets sold, a training company gets sold, usually, uh, And I mean, and we're talking like you know soft skills. So I started doing training in the '90s, back when people were doing presentations on overhead projectors with transparencies and all that. And then towards the end of the '90s and early 2000s, there was this this sort of rush of European companies that would buy a bunch of training companies. And the way that they turned a profit was to thin everything out and get rid of the dead weight and what offerings are making money and what offerings aren't making money. And there's too many people working here and your top level of uh, facilitators or instructors need to either, you know, there's like all of a sudden, all of these demands come and it's all about serving the bottom line, but as, I mean, what I've noticed is is that the people that start training companies, if you call them sort of the prophets, they start it, they have a vision, they're unique in their marketplace, they differentiate themselves from other players in the market, and then after about 12 to 15 years, it's time for them to sell. So then they sell to somebody who's usually associated somehow in-house, and then those people become like the, you know, the disciples of the prophet, and then everything starts to get weird and then it starts to very closely turn towards we need to flip this house and you know once that first thing of like I'm cashing out and money is introduced in it uh then did I just freeze there sorry
0: no no okay. I don't think
1: so I just froze on my thing yeah okay. yeah so so once the idea of let's cash out comes it seems to me from the inside that that idea of let's cash out just seems to multiply until it just turns into it's a commodity let's see what we can invest now and then let's look forward to x amount of time to buy it later but i've never sat with someone like your brother to hear what their thinking is i've been on those calls with you know the the investors or the angels or whoever whatever name you're going to give and you know i've heard all the assurances in a training context
0: Um, but it seems like the overall pattern is uh and we're gonna have chris griswold join us uh in a little bit too um uh, the thing is that it seems like, in ju- and you know, you've had your training experience and your corporate experience. I've worked with two hundred and fifty different brands uh, that were housed at you know these biggest companies like Unilever and Procter Gamble, and um, these giant companies buy something, um, like Stacy's Pita Chips or Ben Jerry's, uh, and Jerry's, and. Those are success stories, but it feels like more often than not, they come in and they strangle the thing that was the heart of the organization in the first place. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they make it worthless. It's like they, they buy the company, but instead of like, what's well, working about this company, they have to put it in their own terms. Like when you're a huge, when you're Pepsi, mm-hmm. uh, a $10 million profit is nothing. You know, like the the profit yeah. has to be insanely huge to justify um, the company having it. So I, I'm super curious. Uh, it's it's three fifty six. My brother will be here in a few minutes. But let's. Uh, I think that's Chris over there. Let's bring Chris in, chat with him a little bit. Are you well, ready? Hello. Are you ready? <laughs> Chris I thought you were there. Yeah. I saw I you. I am here. Hello. Hi. What's Hi. up? <laughs> Uh, just talking about just in general, like when a huge company buys uh, a smaller successful company that that they usually suck the life out of the thing that they they suck the the life blood like yeah, out of yeah, that the, soul, yeah.
1: the, the soul yeah the soul life force and, and and the thing I would ask to you and then pe- to pass to Chris is you know sometimes a company their identity evolves and so the process of evolution is still in terms of the original thing that made it unique but then once you once those people go away that evolutionary process gets interrupted as i've seen it
2: yeah i uh i don't know it reminds me of yahoo yahoo likes to buy up a lot of things and then kill them off Like uh, uh, I mean, Tumblr—they didn't quite kill off, but they—they really strangled it and changed the way it worked, and and people stopped using Tumblr as much. I have a Tumblr account. (laughs) Do you do you you use it or do you
1: post links to it once in
2: a while? Right, Uh, mine's dormant too. Um, But but you know that's I don't know that's I was immediately concerned when I saw that because it's like I don't I don't know. To me, the brand is the strongest. Thing for a uh, for a company that's investing in Second City is just to use the name for things.
1: But but like Second City has its brand, but then it also has like the really negative legacy internally. Right. That you know that that, that we need into to a,
0: survive new ma- like under new management. Forgive right. us for the sexist, racist past. Right, yeah. like <laughs> under new management, and- but not going to change anything.
1: And they did the right. I mean, I know John Carr a little bit, and he's brilliant and great. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the immediate concern is like, oh, they hired this brilliant mind who could really this guy's got a shot to change stuff. But now this happens, and it's like, oh no, I've never <laughs> seen an investor smart enough to, to let a talented new, you know, uh Uh, artistic director managing director executive director whatever like to give them a chance because they were kind of brought in by the old regime
0: so i'm really
1: curious about that
0: right i hadn't even thought about that part of it joe that no matter how like brilliant and talented or whatever he's not someone they brought in like like when there's a new election
1: yeah, or like a network, uh, a new di- a network division. Somebody takes over nighttime soap operas or nighttime. Oh, yeah, you were, you were. We developed you under that former person, but now, no, go away.
0: I am having weird flashes of of this being an odd metaphor for Second City artistically as well, where friends of ours, Joe, uh, who I won't speak for by name, but who got brought up to the main stage because they were unique and bizarre or crass or uh, odd, who were then, um, didn't thrive in the Second City culture because Second City chose someone everyone loved because of their unique voice, and then asked them to play Second City style. And so the performers felt like, why did you pick me if you didn't want me to do what I, do best
3: a hundred percent
1: and I, also, thing- I yeah Sorry. we know her yeah we know who we're talking about we'll, <laughs> we'll give them the, the dignity the dignity and respect to like not name them but I mean not only I mean they were you know it's like a squashing thing and I mean it and the, those people are talented enough to go okay you know I'm out
0: right and thrive but it's, you know but
1: yeah yeah and thrive but it's I mean there's there's for sure there's gotta you know, I'm curious about what what level of toxicity still remains? What what has been, you know, what have, what's Anthony LeBlanc and I know John's been, you know, kind of on the job the last month or two, but in that transition with Anthony into like John, how much of a, you know, kind of a Will Luera style listening to her, do they go on to let everybody get stuff out? But what remains is uh, who knows?
0: I it's, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> no, I
2: just it, it's it's I I just it's I can't imagine what they want with Second
0: City. <laughs> I don't that's, know like, And yeah. that's what my brother when he gets here is because what you're saying, Chris is right. You were like, you know, why would they walk into this thing and well, sorry, go ahead. You finish what you're saying and then Yeah, but
2: I'll I mean, wh- what are the what are what are their assets? I mean, right. What, you were just saying they,
0: it's just the brand, right? So to me, yeah, to so me that's to, the there, strongest so, thing. Right.
2: I know there's corporate. I know they've got corporate contracts and things like that.
0: Right. So from still, the in, the bit of inside insight that I had right. from the the time I was there, and I, you know, I've 20 years of using improv in a business environment. So mm-hmm. I, we chatted to see if there was any way we could work together, and so I got little snapshots of a very specific period of time, you know. But based on that, I mean, really. The theater has never been a profit center. It's a oh. lost leader. <laughs> yeah. A theater, even for Second City, is a lost leader. You're paying right. six uh, performers equity wages, which aren't a lot, but is a lot. Uh, you're paying a musician. You have to pay a tech who, who can do uh, light cues and rehearsals mm-hmm. versus a stand-up club Uh, So if you're thinking about like Oh it could be kind of like an improv or whatever But a stand up club just pays the headliner They really pay peanuts to the opener in the middle And they don't even need They don't have a live musician They don't have a tech A lot of times it's just um, The same person uh, You know just the door person Walks over (laughs) like it makes the announcement Turns on the lights Brings out the host (laughs) And nobody comes back to the tech booth Until it's over like I asked for a sound cue one time, and it like broke the house. <laughs> like nobody knew how are they going to give me the sound cue, right? Mm. So a, a theatrical production, and let's remember, it's not an improv theater; it's a sketch comedy theater, um, yeah. which requires some production value. Um, right. So that's a lot of people you're having to pay <clears throat> off the bat,
2: right? And and to me, it really does. It reminds me a lot of. Uh, when someone bought National Lampoon. Um, and it's not like they made more anything, really. They just started licensing the name National Lampoon to direct a video comedy movies. Um, and so, to me, I think Second City, the brand works for comedy projects, but even more so, yeah, if you want to do an applied improv program and you call it Second City for Business or you know whatever right. it is to me that's the most profitable. Use well
0: and they have that Yes And city. book that Kelly Leonard wrote and that's been doing mm-hmm. really well and, it, and it, it it's like takes everything everyone's been doing and puts it under the Second City name so this business book is done well so they have the corporate training but also I you know had heard rumors of like like a bar three fitness but it's Second City Training it's like the gym for the fitness of your soul Right. right it's a community and though that's is what's thriving right like we're all struggling with the theater part of our theaters but the training centers um like subsidize the theater right they're usually the first yeah, usually. thing yeah usually yeah um, it's either
2: the, the, it depends on the theater for for every theater it's either The theater is a loss leader for the classes, or the classes prop up the clubhouse. You know, it's like, it's, it generally is, because theaters, improv theaters don't make a ton of money, even Second City.
0: No, not even Second City. And so this is a great segue, because my brother immediately started looking uh, for some of these numbers, right? So we're going to... bring him out but i do want to just really quick just so you all know who he is other than my brother john halal has a track record of success in entrepreneurship mergers and acquisitions and in operating and advising emerging growth companies through his company network blue in boston john advises lower middle market companies in various forms of m and a transactions Already don't understand what I'm reading. The firm focuses on <laughs> the healthcare and technology I'm sure that's sectors. On M&M. Is that just <laughs> M&M
1: transactions? Is that what
0: we're talking about? SM transact. No, that would be much yeah. more money. The firm focuses on healthcare and technology sectors, employs a multidisciplinary approach to execute every aspect of a transaction. So he's right in this like sales. Of big companies' world. Uh, and he's had several entrepreneurial endeavors, including helping restart a medical device distributor located in Arizona, co-founding a durable medical equipment supply company in Massachusetts, and most recently, launching and operating a cannabis products company located in Northern California. And That's he is, yep, yeah, and he's also adjunct professor at Babson School of Business Teaching Mergers and Acquisitions. So here is John Halal. We're gonna add him to our conversation. Hello, hello. Hello. Wait, hi. That's not John. (laughs) (laughs) I was all excited. I did that whole lead up. (laughs) (laughs) Who's there?
4: Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Hi. Uh,
4: Yeah. In in the. Chat in the group improv group. Uh, discussions. Yeah, uh, I saw this link. Totally. Joined, my name is Serge.
0: Hi, I'm Serge.
4: Ukrainian, traveling in the states right now, and I am into improv since two
0: thousand and nine. Awesome! Thanks for joining, Serge. We were talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh Chris, I'm gonna bump you into the green room for a minute. Great. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, we can't hear you real well, Serge. I don't know if you can get closer to your, are you driving right now? Are you hanging in your car?
4: Can you hear me like this better?
0: Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little
4: bit. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm uh, at the uh, parking. Hold on, okay. Let's see. How do
1: I <laughs> Where did you say you're from again, Serge? You say you're from again, Serge?
0: Ukraine. 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 Ukraine, and you are an yes, improviser there, I'm in improvise in the are there in the
4: Ukraine. Well, I started in two thousand and nine. I was the first one who started the short uh, form improv comedy in uh, in Ukraine, and uh, pretty much that's what we have. A lot we have a lot of, have, uh, a lot of uh, improvisers now, but all of them are into short form. Whose line is it anyway? This is, and actually, I wanted to, I don't know, I just, you know, have, I don't wanna, you know, steal the the, the, the show, but uh, uh, this is really the thing that really makes uh, uh, a commercial uh, revenue and somewhat success uh, a short form because it is easier for people to understand and participate.
0: Um, absolutely
4: yeah long form requires uh, you know people that are are, are, on a different level of uh, understanding of what is going on so um, so uh, that's why that's why uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, I know for sure that we have at least like 10 groups of uh, improvisers that uh, run every week's show and they run their schools this is how they make their revenue but uh, but in real but uh, uh, but uh, they make more money when because of their performances they're invited to corporate events and private events so we do have full-time people that do this but they are performing with the hopes and with the PR uh for them to get uh, real clients and this is how it works for now in our country in Ukraine
1: and you're, yeah your sound dropped off Stacy yeah, but, but I was imagine...
0: I was asking how how uh, long has Improv been, long has been, been, in the the been in the Ukraine
1: there you go
4: well Uh, Two thousand nine. That's when I started it. Uh, I actually, I'm the I'm the guy. Facebook.com slash improv club domain. uh, Back then.
0: Yeah. So So, I think I think uh, the
4: I I registered the the trademark. Registered the trademark improv club.
0: Nice. amazing that's awesome and I think that that I love that you called in especially in this conversation because I think you represent like where second city started right they were doing short form they were taking these games and now we're looking at them being purchased by a multi-million dollar private equity firm for potentially 50 million dollars
1: and in the sense of long forms surge dropping in here is a is a very fun reminder that one of the tenets of improv is the ending ending is in the beginning (laughs) and so is this a foreshadow of where second city goes back
0: yeah just totals everything is in cycles that's amazing well i need to bring my brother in real quick so i'm gonna bring my brother in but you can call back in a little bit serge okay
4: all right all right all right okay thanks for having you we'll talk more okay
0: okay okay. amazing that was beautiful Hi, John. It's such a, <laughs> look nope. at those feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's not him either. Oh, my God.
1: I love it. This, it's, he, keeps, uh, he
0: keeps telling me he's in the green room, but I think he's getting blocked by other folks.
1: Other people that are that are coming in? Yeah. Yeah, this is turning into its own sketch. <laughs> <again. laughs>
0: Here's Chris Griswold back. Let's add Chris. Oh but my god, like my brother keeps saying he's in the green room And, and there's oh, there can only be four people at a time There he is Okay, Hello. it actually has his name
2: Good, <laughs> you have him now There
0: he is Alright John, Howdy. there you are We just went on a nice adventure uh, uh, When you were trying to get in There can only be four people in this system at a time People kept cutting you off And we met Serge from the Ukraine and then How's we, Serge
3: doing tonight?
0: He he seemed he seemed upbeat positive it's late.
3: it's late there in the ukraine
0: yeah it must be and then did we he saw yeah.
2: in the united states right now oh did he i think
0: oh i Not might have i was that. trying to sort did of me. cope with everything so i might have missed it so
3: search from the ukraine living in the states okay all
0: right mm-hmm. and this is my brother john this is my longtime friend joe bill john and uh, Hi, john. chris griswold who's a, a newer friend uh over the past few months we've been working on stuff together Uh, So we're so ready to talk about um, why a private equity firm might be interested in purchasing Second City and and how they might look at that. Uh, Well, first of all, what is a private equity company?
3: Sure, yeah. I think that's probably a good place to start, Stace. Um, (laughs) Oh, you're very professor. I
0: like your very (laughs) professor nature right now, John.
3: (laughs) Well, a private (laughs) equity firm. (laughs) So, a private equity firm is a financial buyer, and as opposed to what we call a strategic buyer, which is a company already in the space. So, a financial buyer um, typically is a private equity firm. And what a private equity firm is, is basically a group of investors uh, managed uh, by another group. And they go out and look for opportunities um, to buy companies, and they have certain goals in mind, um, and we can talk about those in terms of what they look for. But in terms of structure, there is a, uh, a group, a small group of managers, and they invest a little bit of their money, uh, and they go out and raise money from uh, investors like high-net-worth individuals, endowments. Family offices, that's offices that invest some portion of a very high net worth family's wealth. And so they bring that money in and they create a fund out of all of those proceeds. And in that fund, they'll go ahead and try to make, you know, six or seven or eight or more investments that is buying companies. and typically, and this is really important, and I'll stop and get questions, uh, is the hold. So a private equity firm, <clears throat> when they start a fund, it usually has a 10-year time horizon. Sometimes they have an ability to extend it a year or two, but they have to go and get permission from their investors. So we're talking about a very short time horizon in terms of investments. What does that mean? <clears throat> they buy, it depends on what cycle of the fund they're in, could be in year three, I don't know what you know cycle they're in, what year they're in, they need to buy and sell before the end of 10 years. So their strategy is very different than a strategic
0: Right. So, and a strategic one is somehow wants to incorporate that in their uh, their their bigger functioning. Oh, I'm a data management company. I want to buy this email company to incorporate into my overall business strategy, right? That's the strategic right. side. This sounds more like, I mean, I, you know, with the whole GameStop thing, I've been looking at... Uh, uh, buying short and, and like all, I've watched Wolf of Wall Street and I've watched uh, <laughs> the big short. Uh, mm-hmm. So in a way you're trying to take, but you are trying to increase the value. So you're trying to buy something low and sell it high in 10 years or less and if, is, there a, is there a person who's going around making this pitch to investors and being like, hey, help me buy Second City, and you'll see that in 10 years, it'll increase its value through this, this, and this. Is there somebody leading right. that sale right now, uh, raising that money?
3: So, yeah, typically, most of the money's already in. Mm. And so, I don't know what, I think the, it's Strauss Zelnick, and mm-hmm. Zelnick is apparently a, a name in the, in the media. Industry, but so usually they'll raise like a hundred, five hundred, or a billion dollar fund, and it's either raised, maybe not money in the bank, or it might be committed capital. So okay. they know when they need to draw on capital, equity, cash from their fund to make an investment, it's there. So it should be. Com- committed capital that's
0: so the people who are investing the money that was my question and these people so basically there's a lot of layers like I might have money in that fund and then there's someone managing that fund and I might not even know the specifics of exactly where that money is going I'm trusting them to buy and sell businesses the way I might have a a, a, uh, stockbroker handling my portfolio
3: it's a good way to, to put it so Let's draw a little line, okay? And the management company, that is the owners of the private equity firm, are above this line, okay? And they're connected to this line. And underneath this line are all of the passive investors, okay? All right, and this is the fund all the way around, like a little silo. So the managing partners of the private equity firm people who run the private equity firm as apart from the fund where the, where the proceeds are, they're the ones that go out and look for deals. They're the ones that create the deal flow because they look at a thousand deals and maybe invest in one. And they're the ones who um, deploy the capital. They're the ones who um, you know, help manage the company grow the company, and then decide, like, when to sell the company. All of so, this, though, is full disclosure to the limited partners, to the passive investors.
0: Okay. But it's very distant, and, like, it's, it, even as you're describing it, it's even more money-focused and, and, less like, more distance between someone who would actually, like, care about, because Second City and the whole improv community on this other side is having – evaluating social justice and, and pay and how you care for your teachers, right? And people have been hoping that whoever buys this from Andrew Alexander, who was sort of pressured out of his ownership for uh, not being sensitive to racial justice, to put it the mildest way, I guess I could say it. Um, so, so he had these racial justice issues. He got pushed out. He said he was going to sell it to uh, hopefully a BIPOC entity of some kind and then you know the pandemic this is all during a pandemic uh i think people are not going to get that kind of attention and care or might uh, somebody come in and take care of those things on a prospect like in a prospective purchase
3: yeah okay so um the main uh priority for a private equity firm is to make money First and foremost, having said that, um, you know, uh, having um, a social conscious conscience and doing the right thing typically helps business, doesn't hurt business. OK. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these private equity firms and the partners are good people and they care. But they uh, the underlying documents, right, which basically say, we're going to invest five hundred million dollars in you. Um, they're doing it. That is, the investors are putting up ninety-five percent, or you know, at least you know, of the capital. They're doing it because they're seeking a return on their investment. And what the typical return is, is what private equity firm firms shoot for, is twenty percent year over year. So every year the investment that is made on equity, okay, is expected to increase twenty percent per year. And so that's what they're promising, not promising but telling their investors that we're smart guys.
0: They're anticipating yeah. that.
3: and that's what is, the, is, yep.
1: is that is that like the value or a cash out value? So, like, if, if we use a hundred million as a round number, then after one year, that value should go from a hundred million to
3: hundred and twenty million. Is that that's that's correct on the equity? So, what happens is, say it's a fifty million dollar deal. Well, we could use your example of a hundred, mm-hmm. and they're going to use some leverage. That means they're going to go out and get some debt and they're not going to get much debt in this deal they're going to go out and get 50 million dollars of debt to finance the purchase price okay so that means bank they're going to get a loan okay Mm -hmm. and how do they get a loan they leverage the assets of the company they're buying Okay, it's not really appropriate. <laughs> right, which in a deal leads like, us to that. This,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you said when we were chatting earlier about this, you said you you saw statistics that impro- or that stand up clubs, which would be kind of the closest model. If we said, okay, they they think that opening clubs all over the country is going to be where they're going to see that twenty percent growth in equity, but you said there are easy to find statistics that show stand up was growing two percent. So right. it, it wouldn't be a convincing argument necessarily that that's a growth industry even if improv were as cheap as stand up which it's not so there's also right. that obstacle.
3: Yeah so yeah I'm not an expert like you guys on the industry but just going back so to that one thing make sure it's clear hundred million, maybe it's boring, but you asked the question.
0: (laughs) No, we want to know. (laughs) That's what you're here for.
3: (laughs) I feel like
1: like I'm in a graduate school class right
3: now.
0: That's right. Well.
3: And I love it. Are you asleep yet? (laughs) So, okay. So it's a hundred million dollar purchase price, 50 million of equity. That means 50 million of cash taken from their billion dollar fund is being deployed in this one deal. The 20% growth is on that equity. On that 50 million and so if the value of the company goes from 100 million to 500 million in five years you measure the the, that's the enterprise value and so you measure you know what your equity position is now compared to when you bought it so that's kind of how it's done yeah
0: and in ten so, uh, years, they want to increase by how much? <laughs> is this exactly what you're going to ask, Joe? Like it, no, 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 no. Like oh. equity
3: position. Like is that still
1: the fifty million?
3: Yes. Like, and it's a fifty million of a hundred million dollar company. Five years later is five hundred, and so you can do the math so, on that.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's so then that's now two hundred and fifty million. Did I do right. the math right? Yep. Okay.
0: So using My, the then, number yeah, mm-hmm. using the number fifty million that Second City was purported to be asking and say they got it and I'm uh, the investor in this and in ten years I want to turn that fifty million into how much to make it worthwhile.
3: Twenty percent each year. I don't know how yeah, each year. I don't know okay. how you know what if they're getting debt on this. Like I don't know anything about the financials of second right, city. Right, right. But you know, I'm, but I would a, assume they are they are obtaining some debt to finance the purchase they like let me ask one other
0: question so the the entire you had a statistic of the entire comedy like comedy club industry was what how much 350 million
3: yeah so yeah the that's what i have here i just did some quick research 350 million approximately.
0: So if you were an investor and you were paying around 50 million to potentially (laughs) increase it to equal the entire comedy club uh, value, would that seem unrealistic?
3: Yeah, I think that there's a difference between value and market size, right? So, you know, maybe if you control, you know, 200 or 350 million dollars of the market, maybe that company is worth, you know half a billion. I don't know. But so we look at when we make investments, we look at the market size, but if we look at the total addressable market, the TAM. This is pretty small. $350 million <laughs> market is pretty small. And investors in private equity firms and private equity firms themselves, you're right, look, very important factor is the size of the market, number one. And two, whether it's a increasing market because you can get if if you buy right in a growing market okay you have the ability to rise with the tide that can create value in and of itself in addition to your strategies for the acquisition
0: and that was when i was at second city and i had some of these conversations with the the leaders at that time they they said the theater itself doesn't make money it's a it's a loss leader oh, really? and and they were making the most money uh at that time from cruise ships um, mm-hmm. which they lost the contract even before the pandemic um which was a, a big hit but the the cruise ships and then classes and then uh somewhere in that mix that that wasn't disclosed to me is any kind of development with industry deals and show development um like even during the pandemic they've been making a sketch show in a partnership with uh, a production company that's actually really enjoyable um yeah. so the potential can only in my mind they can make money by franchising or chain making a chain of their training centers and making it like a 24-hour fitness of the soul um, mm. because i think the cl- the people the percentage of people who want to be uh, professional comedians is very small but the percentage of people who are taking improv classes now is a way to make friends with adults Uh, you know it's really people are really isolated and improv classes have been where people have been finding community where they used to find it in in like church Uh, it's kind of a secular place people can come together interact together have kind of a magical experience and leave uplifted so I I I you know but, so I'm thinking training center and then, and Chris you're talking about the brand like just leveraging what? the brand and entertainment properties.
2: This is this is my question and I want to be I want to be clear on this. So uh, would your assumption be that they think that this company can turn around a higher profit? Is that what the interest is? Is the possibility that this company can actually bring them in more money, or is it the assets and the you know, are they adding it to a portfolio that's going to help them in some other way? Hmm. Right. I think that's like I the think question is like, how long is Second City going to be
3: around after the Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I, you know, this isn't my industry, right. uh, but just listening to you all, Stacy, these are some great ideas. And there's no question that Strauss Zelnick, the buyer, is, you know, has a plan. We don't know what that plan is, but some of the ideas that you just shared. Are absolutely on the table, and I wouldn't be shocked if some or all of them, you know, um, you know, are part of the strategy. So they're not just buying the company in terms of the you know Second City for Second City itself and the shows and the revenue it generates. You know, probably mostly there I would assume in the brick and mortar, right, um, club. You know, I'm sure that, you know they have other revenue streams. I don't think that's the primary purpose of the deal, and they're not expecting the growth to come from Second City itself. They're not, I don't think, you know, looking to um, do that because first of all, the market itself, as Stacy pointed out, is small. Two, the growth rate of comedy clubs is two or three percent a year. Too small, Um, and it's right, it's expensive. You guys would know a lot more about that than me. (laughs) To yeah. run clubs, right? Yeah. Yes. So, yep. you know, and so um, the, I will just, before we get into all the things that you said and just touch upon them, because again, I'm going to defer to your uh, strategical thinking around this particular business. Sometimes private equity firms invest in fragmented markets, meaning that there's no one giant company that dominates the space. And just knowing Stacy, right, your uh, industry is full of just one shop owners. Yep. No, I'm not diminishing it, it's yeah. just the way it is. It
0: is, it's a so, young art form, a young business.
3: Right, exactly. And so um, maybe one of their strategies is to sort of you know, reinvent improv in some way, um add things to the menu and not go out and set up you know a hundred second cities but potentially purchase uh, some of these mom and pops Damn i don't it. think this is their why do you do a
0: non-profit i can't sell a non-profit
3: <laughs> okay right so that's the problem i don't think that's their strategy but that's and called a roll-up yeah
0: well that's what i think a lot of people thinking might happen yeah. but you yeah, think it's that's, less likely. Go ahead, Joe, sorry. Right.
3: It,
1: yeah, so there's two things on that, but that's what happened to the training companies in the 90s and the early 2000s. These European investors came and they bought like three different training companies who before were competitors, but now it's now they're under one umbrella and it's one company and these people offer consultation and these people offer soft skills and these people offer you know operations and strategy skills, but we're all under this banner. and And so then my question would be, like, I know some private investors, they might um, be green-minded. Like, that's the one that comes to mind. It's like they want to they want to fill up a portfolio full of companies that are, like, looking to um, help the environment, sustainable, you know, energy and all of that. So, you know, my question is, like, are they looking to buy Second City and other companies that are like Second City? Or are they like a, somebody who's you know, managing a retirement portfolio. And it's like, let's put a little in comedy, but let's also put a little over here and
3: put a little over here.
0: Well, you, you looked know, into that, they, John, right? You saw a little bit of what they've, it, it's education. <laughs> yeah, I just looked. And-
3: yeah, I looked a little, you know, just quickly, um, right? Obviously, um, their, one of their big scores was Take-Two Media. And their, um, what they did is that they were the publisher of Grand Theft Auto, which is one of the Take- media um, games so they know what they're doing with media uh, and and the digital game as well so my guess is is that they're going to their main focus is likely to be leveraging the brand using the brand to recruit top talent um, and then doing the things that you were saying, Stacy, creating content, whether it's to be, you know, on networks, you know, cable or streaming um, and, you know, and potentially uh, use Second City to, you know, do some stuff in Hollywood. I, you know, um, again, I'm not an entertainment, you know, banker or attorney, uh, but also you mentioned social media, mm-hmm. the importance of that and community and, and mm-hmm. all of the things going on there and you know, a, a light bulb went off in my head when you were talking about that, about creating a sense of community and having content and something that's uh, that draws people in. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: It sounds like it could do all of these things now. Right. So it could roll up all of the mom and pop theaters it, uh, and their training centers and all the corporate. There's a lot of independent. When you were saying that, light bulb went off for me about there are corporate Entities that are one or two people that absolutely mm-hmm. could all be into one thing plus the digital. And you could make the case that it's a smart purchase because UCB has been largely shut down and they were really dominant in the space for the last decade, like massively dominant. And now they've been really diminished and even more than Second City, they were they were called out and have kind of become the evil empire, which is an opportunity for Second City, who was painted as the evil empire by UCB is, you know, now going sustained itself and endured beyond uh, UCB. So there's that. And in the pandemic, how many right. venues are going to be sold for a song right now when right. The doors, if and when doors ever open again?
3: Yeah. Media, entertainment, travel, leisure industry. Um, you know, it, it it depends on where you are in the cycle. Some companies are cleaning up a lot of them aren't anything that deals with you know sort of in-person uh, entertainment uh, venues, but it's gonna it's going to change. It's going to come back. It's just gonna take a while. Uh, and you know, just back to just I want to talk about price for yes. a minute because yes. another idea. Um, because I don't know if it's a good value or not, but it seems like it like it would be. Um, is this idea of you know doing corporate? Trainings, like you said, cruise ship was one of the big revenue generators for Second City, which is very interesting. Uh, And so maybe you know, this private equity firm that you know worked with take they bought Take Two Media. Uh, They also have a lot of uh, experience in education, online education and training yeah so maybe part they, of the strategy they've been doing it do since that.
0: before since before the pandemic they had already because their name extended beyond and people want to take writing class as a second city so
3: there you go that yeah. could be part of the strategy right that could be yeah, part I of
0: mean, the
2: strategy I could totally see them at least licensing the name out to other pro- other educators, other providers. Second City to me is the best known name in improv outside of improv. I don't think it, my parents don't know what I O is or no. UCB. I mean, they know what UCB is because I talked <laughs> about it. But Second
1: City, <laughs> Go to your room, Chris. <laughs>
2: don't think right. Um, the uh, yeah, but like, but Second, it's whose, whose City, line is it anyway?
0: Parents, yes, and then yeah, and then second city if that right yeah.
3: yeah 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 I mean it's an unbelievable brand right yeah. I mean it I, is look I'm, at looking, I'm looking at their
2: portfolio I'm looking at their portfolio and that's what you should a do a lot of
3: well-known brands
2: that's um, it you know and take two is their best known brand other than second city
3: Now. Hmm. yep yep so uh, you know because second city is right in terms yep. of been mm-hmm. incredibly impacted by this gotta believe um yeah. Yeah. they may be hurting financially. I'm sure they are. I have no idea whether or not fifty million is a good price or but when you have a down cycle, typically you're right, your revenue is affected, you know, your costs, you know, you still have rent to pay and if you want to keep people you still gotta you know this, Stacy I know. You all know this, right? <laughs> and so so maybe maybe they're you know buying this company at a fairly low point which is an attractive purchase price for the private equity firm that's one of the things that they look to do which is buy a company at a um at, you know now I wouldn't say low but like at a good bargain you know a fair price but more fair for the private equity firm than than the sellers because by doing that it it's you start with a lower value in terms of the value of the business it's easier to get the return that you're looking for rather than starting at a you know overpaying for a business or paying a high price so that's you know one of the things that you know that is going on that's what they look for you know attractive purchase price you know that's
0: yeah chris central uh, as you and and my brother are talking about these things it's like really clear this higher level of just the licensing, like we don't do anything, but like, and so that's what Colin Thornton was just saying is Mm -hmm. they just accredit corporate training. It's just a seal. They just make money off of uh, a seal of approval. Yeah. That's interesting. And then Abby Christopher was saying, could the brand be diluted? And I think that is the, the problem, right? And that's why you sell high and then (coughs) it takes another 10 years for it to sort of lose that shine when you've it's like how hard you milk it for everything it's got like a joke how long you're gonna milk it
1: (laughs) i I was gonna say but if you get a monopoly so so it's like i was talking to you about the model in, in tokyo and in japan there's one their big comedy exists in japan and there's like a there's an organizational aspect to it i'll i'll use that word where they, they own stand up clubs, sketch comedy clubs, improv cut clubs. There's a major league leg like in baseball. There's minor leagues. And then anybody who's trying to do a little school outside of that, you know, in a way, that's kind of where the hobbyists have to go because when you're here, then you're in the big dance heading to the big league. So it's a great if point. Mm-hmm.
0: It's if awesome bundling to and horrible the, at the same time the power of that, right? Like The amount of power they can abuse because they are the circuit, but the amount of resources they can share and the amount, like if there were a way we could do it as like a union instead of as a syndicate, you know, or as a, you know- with Conglomerate. One, yeah, conglomerate. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. That's like. kind
3: of, that's a scary word, you know? But, but um, think about
2: this. I mean, they don't yeah. even have to buy comedy clubs. If they are just licensing, they not comedy clubs, improv theaters or anything like that, it's potential that you know you've got a, a empty theater in Chapel Hill or somewhere, and they can just put <laughs> the name Second City on it, and now it's a Second City place. You know, it's just like Seven yeah. Eleven uh, offered uh, conversion packages to all the bodega owners in New York City, and so all of these mom and pop bodegas mm. suddenly turned into Seven Elevens, uh, and then that just increases brand awareness even more.
3: Right. Yeah, and that could be one of the primary strategies. Is not we're not going to go necessarily purchase. Um, Although I don't know how expensive it would be to purchase a lot of these mom and pops, but maybe it's just license um, and, you know, create a revenue stream that way. Also, you know, verticals, I mean, you have the brick and mortar um, uh, clubs and then you have all these other verticals that we're talking about, right? Just the the educational aspect, the social media, the corporate trainings, um, you know, and it's a very fragmented market. All of those things are fragmented. Mm And so we like to invest says a private equity investor right. <laughs> in fragmented markets because why? Because if you know we could become potentially a consolidator and bring companies into you know this vertical or additional verticals
0: mm-hmm. and when mm-hmm. we do that
3: we achieve economies of scale.
0: Yeah.
3: Right, we can run your shop better than you can run it. Yep. Um, yeah um one we know what we're doing and two we have all the back office stuff already so, so I, worked, worked, I worked it worked i worked with
0: a fast food chain a massive one not mcdonald's um but that level uh, but a little bit nicer and um one of the executives there was like american dream he had started mopping the floors when he was a teenager and uh his he financed his own franchise, and the franchiser that he worked for his employer helped him fill out the paperwork. And, like, you got to go find seventy thousand dollars more in property to get approved or whatever. And he's like, I don't have it. He goes, Just go find seventy thousand dollars in per- personal property and then bring this back. Like, real old school business. Got his mm-hmm. franchise and so it's that that american dream but he said today you can't just own one franchise and and be able to survive it it's up at 13 17 18 are the low numbers because of the cost of that just first hurdle of being in business is so high um and and so the economy of scale is a thing where it's like that's what makes even trying to to be some kind of united front of independent theaters. We'd all have to pay the same person, which means we would have to become kind of one
3: company Mm, (laughs) Yeah, do kind of what they're doing. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, that's that's, just trying to...
3: You know, so it's fragmented, right? So, you know, they have resources, like you say, whether they buy, license, create these other verticals that we're talking about. But, you know, they have a short time horizon. Right. Not long. So get all this stuff done, putting money, all these growth strategy, and, and and execute on all of that. Okay, what do they do? They sell it. Who do they sell it to?
0: Yeah, who do they sell it to?
3: A lar- I- I'm just guessing. I don't know. Again, it's not my area of expertise, in this particular industry, but I've been around the block a little bit, um, as you can kind of tell. But um, <laughs> how about how about a how about a um, a large like media and entertainment company of which there are several. What about live nation? Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And what about another private equity firm that's yeah. behind live nation and other companies like that or whatever, you know, looking and I brought to this up earlier that
0: wit wit was saying, you know, even this media company that they have that it should be uh, more present in media. So maybe to comedy central or whoever owns comedy central, Right Broadway as they media. start Yeah
1: They go. do have a division That's media though Yeah Their Second City Media I think is a mm-hmm. division with Yeah they
0: do But their deals Have always been kind of Unsuccessful It's a comedy
1: theater <laughs> It's a comedy theater I mean, I'm, right. I mean you know I want to go back to You know just the question Of like what are they selling When you talk right. about Like like getting a loan to, to, Yeah uh, You know this is the Jeff Machowski question It's like what are they buying Um right. What, what, you know like it's a physical space the lights or whatever it's still i mean it's las vegas anyway but you're betting on the perceived potential of what the returns can be rather than something tangible right yeah john just put me to disney
3: yeah they're they're absolutely doing that they're always looking at you know they put together a pro forma uh and a strategy it's very detailed it's amazing um if you want to see it. at what they're doing. Oh, you imagine it. Oh. So what they do is they have a lot of smart people, you know, junior people, mid, you know, mid-level people cranking on all the research you can find in this industry. They hire outside research firms, pay them, you know, a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. This is before they buy. I'm just, these are rough numbers to pr- produce reports about this industry in the most granular way. This is all they do. So they hire that firm to help them. Uh, and then they hire you know, other you know, sort of due diligence um, companies. Then they sort of sift all of this information. And they you know, distill it, is a better word. And then they come up with their strategy. And they have several. Uh, and then they put it together. And they say, here's what we're going to do with this company. And they pitch this company to the investment committee Okay, and then says, "Oh, this is compelling." <laughs> and I can I can guarantee you it isn't because we're going to, you know, put in a giant addition at Second City in Chicago. And right. you know, and double the capacity and then go build one in Southern California. I can guarantee it's not that.
0: Yeah, and this is you know, so yeah. Sergi who we had visit us from the Ukraine earlier. He said he could be the guy for them to move into the Russian Ukrainian speaking world, which is a really good point, actually. Which is, we've been very North American centric in talking about this potential. And improv has just moved into India. I remember when I worked with brands that had just gotten into India and they just talk about billions, you know, so many people, China. Um, and improv yes. has, has, is everywhere totally. now. Uh, so Lloyd Alquist, he's like, epic, Yeah.
3: Yeah. The worldwide yeah. market. Um, from my you know half hour research this afternoon yeah <laughs> uh is is 1.5 billion yes and you know for comedy clubs not just comedy in general which is massive right uh but like if you're looking at second city in terms of what their core business is which is essentially a comedy club as far as i understand the model um that's 1.5 billion worldwide way bigger than just the u.s so the international aspect yeah uh, is very intriguing
0: yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, so it's, I started. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. No. It's so
2: it would honestly, it's such a, it's an under. I. I don't know. I haven't. Remember. I would, is somewhat known, outside. A, and, and I think if you if you take Second City that Second City brand and you take it to London, you take it to Dubai, wherever you need to go, I think you can establish new locations. That's a much bigger uh, number than I was expecting to hear. Um,
0: One point five billion. billion
3: yeah yeah they usually like you know the market to be in the tens of billions uh, but you know this I don't know much about you know this it's big it's a big enough market right that in and of itself but I don't think that's I would be surprised if that's their number one strategy I see them doing that potentially mm-hmm. to increase brand awareness you know even more in Europe so then they can leverage that brand awareness into some of their other verticals their other businesses that they're going to build around the let brand. me let
0: me give abby a quick answer abby asked uh what what would they be selling to the investors and in the document that my brother was just talking about that john was just talking about uh circulated that document that you were just talking about would be highly confidential right that, that, that's oh, yeah, their that's entire just, strategy like it would be massively kept under wraps their growth plan right
3: a hundred percent in fact you know i was lucky enough to close a deal um late last year uh, in a in a in a pharma services pharmaceutical services uh, business started by two great guys and uh, they grew the company you know for eight years you know that's is a similar thing they sold to a private equity firm uh, and so you can see firsthand sort of you know they kind of share the story on a high level to the people they're buying the business from because they're going to be included. Um, so, and, but that's, that in and of itself is extremely confidential, right? Never did I see their internal, you know, presentation, you know, sort of before the closing, before the sale of the company, never did I see that. That is the work product of many, many thousands of hours and, you know, potentially a couple million dollars of research that they put into studying the um, all, you know, the industry Everything there is to know about the industry, and then the various strategies that can be implemented to, you know, grow the company. You know, those and pl- those all kinds these of, different models. Yep.
0: Those plans are so expensive that I remember when I lived in Eugene, there was this big concern because Sony was going to open a chip plant there, and they were doing all the studies and environmental studies and impacts. But they had to take in, into consideration that if Sony opened there all these other companies were going to open there because they can't afford the research that Sony does into whether a city can sustain itself. Right. So they just right. copy Sony and, yeah. and are just fast yeah. so, followers.
3: So question that was asked, I think it's important. I mean, everybody, I mean, I have a huge fondness for Second City. You know, I just, I, I love the, the legacy, right? And then these, I'm sure the buyers do too and they know that in order to really create the value that, that they need to and want to, they have to preserve that legacy and take care of the brand, okay? Um, but we don't know exactly what they're up to. We have no right to know. We have no way to know because this is private. It's private <laughs> equity. So it's a company. <laughs> that buys privately held companies mm-hmm. these aren't publicly traded companies that's right right so it's private so we can't get any information unless they want to disclose that information to us it's not like I could go online and figure out okay what exxon's doing and all the things that they're doing and you know or you know um, live nation or whatever right uh, I can't I could do that online because there are rules that our government has which demands that publicly traded companies have to make disclosures non-profits as well
0: because we have a tax non-profits yeah
3: right so publicly traded companies you the four of us could go buy stock in a publicly traded company on the open market right so that's a publicly traded it's publicly available that ownership and for that these publicly traded companies have to disclose all sorts of information not the case for a private company like Second City.
0: And, and while we don't
3: know the fi- as I
1: say while we don't know the financials we know that what they're holding is um, electronic media, take two media, mm-hmm. entertainment and training.
0: Yep. Yes. Yeah. And
1: so and so those Maybe. of us that are in this and that use you know like the gold of improvisation is all over the world now companies want Improvisation, is soft school, tra- uh, soft skills training for their people. Mm-hmm. The the allure of Second City and all improv is, uh, like our friend from Ukraine said, it's all about short form. Short <laughs> form gets the short laughs. Short form is where the aspiration can be. That's where the career is. That's where the money is. Yeah. And the allure for businesses: well, if our people can think fast, you mean this is so funny, but you can learn something too.
3: Like, it's there it's, it's f- fantastic yep
0: it is and that's to me I it's think, very
3: compelling it's very I, compelling I think that's yeah. why
0: I'm obsessed with it because because it's what I do and uh, and the the good if if this could be done well and uh, with respect of people like it's <laughs> it it just could be an awesome thing because I believe yeah. in, in improv and I'm I, that's why I do it I believe it makes people's lives better
3: when yeah, not I, abused. Hope that, you know, I hope that's shared with you know with uh, strauss zelnick um, know i don't know them <laughs> but, you know, but but let me tell you but maybe. i can tell you you you'd be surprised that you know very successful businessmen very successful private equity partners who've been doing this buying and selling businesses for you know many decades not everybody Everybody hears the horror stories that they're just out bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. Of course, we get that. There are also folks, leaders at these firms who care about people and who care about, you know, who have values, okay, who do the right thing. Not not saying you agree with everything and, you know, they're out to make a profit, but do it in the right way. Mm Mm-hmm. There are those folks out there, too. So. And
0: you'd be surprised, actually. Like, I remember I worked for a soy milk, large soy milk brand, and I worked for a, a regular milk brand. And because of our culture, we serve a demonizing milk, and soy is progressive and cool. And I will tell you, the soy company was not cool, and the milk people we were the salt of the <laughs> earth. And uh, same thing with massive manufacturers that we all have opinions about, I worked with some that is everyone demonizes and those people really believe in what they do and there's one everyone thinks is really cool and those people are just superficial and uh, care about the money. So, well I, I, taken. Yep. It, yeah, I do think that we make assumptions about corporations and their personas uh, and of course I worked for a branding company and it was about controlling your own story so that you're not made into the demon when you're the salt of the earth. But um, yeah, it's not what we think. It's what yeah. We- so
3: I would say one more thing about the, the brand. You guys are making great points. I got little light bulbs now kind of just illuminating in my brain from what you guys said. Um, you know, licensing, all that stuff, definitely viable, but they got to be careful not to dilute the brand. And right, which so, is what Abby was know, asking. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, you know, I don't know how they're going to leverage technology. I'm sure that's part of the plan. But yes. Second City, right now, and it's going to probably change, but, you know, there's still going to be this fundamental nature that it is a people company. Right? right? People entertain, mm-hmm. people create the content, talent creates that content. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they'll have some technology training and all that kind of stuff, but the content needs to come from somewhere, right? And so, um, yeah, so they they know this because they're very smart people, uh, the private equity firm. So, you know, I don't think they're going to, you know, just sort of, you know, abuse the brand and not continue sort of building on in some way. Because it's on to the their benefit. The core. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep.
0: So one I'm more question. About the, um, oh, go ahead, Chris. And then I'm, I'm No, Chris, you go, the, and then I'll ask one more question. We'll okay. let you go, John.
2: I'm thinking just about the video archive yeah. that they now own. Yes, um, yep. You know, and you've got, like, young Tina Fey or whoever you've got like people who were doing second city long before they were famous. And that's all going to be really useful, not just in, uh, in and of itself to license out or to, you know, to, uh, I'll tell you though, it's not
0: great quality. I will tell you, it is not not great quality. It's not, they, they did not invest in capturing those shows. Yeah. They, they they, they really didn't. The sound and the quality is not. Imagine
3: if the sound and quality was great on that
0: that's what just for laughs oh. so just for laughs is like this big industry festival john that that was like one of the top two you get into the aspen which doesn't exist anymore you get just for laughs and stand up you've made it um where you get a manager or whatever um and they have recorded like they have old dane cook old uh mitch hedberg they have you know all this beautifully recorded stuff but again another way that improv and sketch are different from stand-up is it's very hard to capture well the miking, the camera angles it's 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 another challenge of having an ensemble based art form uh that so second city just like they'd have an archival like one shot or a couple shots and i think they've been better the past few years so as these people uh. become famous right that what they're shooting now in the past few years i bet will be better so unfortunately um, yeah but just for laughs sells licenses all their old content they have this dvds i bought me. dvds yeah
2: this just reminds me of uh when i was working at ucb and i just found a huge box full of 1990s ascat vhs tapes that have just been unattended. it's like <laughs> people want to see these um, right yeah. it would have had, had <laughs> amy
0: poehler in it john and like yeah yeah, yeah. so my last question was related to this whole thing about um, whether people care or or don't care, we we won't know until we see. But in general, from your perspective, you know, I live in Portland. It's obviously progressive, but and people think we're radical. But in my experience, what we care about, everyone cares about within five years. So things like hormones and trans fats and, uh, you know, people cared and talked about those things, like hormones in your... um, chicken or whatever uh so this is my question are massive like companies and private equity investors invested in social justice and and like reforming the system somewhat to make it more welcoming and inclusive to this younger generation
3: interesting question so i mean there's this whole thing like you know i spent some time at babson um business school and we have just a growing um, sort of social entrepreneurship uh, initiative. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's absolutely that going on. For this particular deal, um, I'd say it's really less about, you know, sort of uh, social justice. And it's about, um, you know, expanding the brand, not mm-hmm. safeguarding the brand. And and using the brand to leverage uh, other, you know, using the brand to leverage and open up other opportunities. Um, But, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, doing the right thing. And, you know, I hope that, you know, Strauss Zelnick, you know, is too. (laughs) I know that people on the other side of the table for me more often than not do the right thing. They do the right thing more often than not. Um, So maybe that's just me, you know. Looking at things with an optimistic viewpoint, um, but it also but, could you know, be for, the
0: people yeah. who you have an affinity for, and who have an affinity for you because you are a person who tries to do the right thing. You know, so yeah,
3: I uh, yeah, I mean, I try. Doesn't obviously always succeed, but
0: um, I know I have a sure. long story of things you did when we were <laughs> Please kids. Please don't. <laughs> so just real quick Sorry, anyway. so we when we were home alone so john's the oldest and i'm the youngest oh, and we have two sisters in between <laughs> and sometimes we would do this thing where we would run out of the house with like ketchup all over us uh, the girls and then my brother would catch up on a knife and we're like and, like put on horror shows <laughs> for the neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, back in the
3: late, you know, the 70s, and Stacy would just be the late 70s at this point for you since, you know, you were the youngest, um, you know, you guys know, it was like, you know, maybe, maybe it's a free-for-all, right? You know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, so it's a free-for-all. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I didn't expect yeah. that, like, their intent would be social justice. I'm just hoping that, I hope, I'm hoping we're getting to the point where people realize that. It just has to be part of your business model is learning and examining how to reform a lot of these systems that are are preventing uh, diversification in a successful way.
3: Yeah. It's actually uh, one you,
1: quick hit question.
3: Yeah. I, I feel like I'm in a Babson business school class right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are. You are. Yeah. But let right. me tell you there, you know, there, there. there's a reason why that school is. 20 years, the number one entrepreneurship school in the country because they forward thinkers.
0: Yeah. Great. Awesome. Do you have one more thing, Joe?
3: Yeah. The quick question is like, and and in the
1: training industry, so a new buyer comes in, they tell leadership that exists, you have X amount of time to show us profit, to show us progress, whatever. And that time I've noticed tends to be a year or two. And then if at the end of two years that uh, they don't, they don't show the growth that they need to see then they have somebody else come in and increasingly the the new people that come in to replace the other people that aren't hitting the marks are people that are farther away from the heart of what the business is does that is is that just my perception in a limited basis or is that something that sounds right
3: yeah I think that resonates right that resonates um, so It is a relatively short leash for the leaders of a business um, that has been purchased by private equity to execute. It's all about execution. Yep. And that pressure stems Hmm. from the short hold. It's less than 10 years, right? It could be five, seven years, average five to seven years, sometimes four, whatever. It depends on the private equity firm. So in that pressure cooker, you need to perform, and if you're not, you know, if you're you see this all the time, you know, I don't know who if someone's going to be remaining. I think uh, clearly someone, you know, some of the leadership at Second City is going to be remaining, at least for some period of time. Uh, but if hopefully, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, hopefully I would John so. Carr.
3: I would think so uh, for some Yeah, they, they made a hire yep. that is a great
1: hire right, before, like a month a month ago. Great hire. This guy. If there's anybody that has a chance of turning things around, it's this guy and now this. And so my worry is that they're gonna give him the short lease to to serve the bottom line. And it's you know, it's the old thing. What's more I mean, even though there's no shareholders, is like is the bottom line more important than the product or service or
3: vice versa?
1: Or what's the balance? Yeah, there
3: are shareholders, right? There are yeah. it's a, right, mm-hmm. it's the private shareholders, right? That's, it's all that's... of the investors in the fund. So yeah, I mean it it, it it does dovetail to the strategy. Maybe it isn't mm-hmm. like, okay, we need to grow earnings, profitability X first year, second year, third year. Um, maybe it isn't we need to grow revenues X, Y, and Z. Maybe it is, we're gonna worry about that a little bit later, here's what we're gonna do in year one and two, You know, implement the strategy, build the infrastructure we need to create more content, education, you know, so maybe that person is different than the guy or woman who's just driving the bottom line. So, right. you know, it depends on the strategy. And that's how it is currently,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like, John's position is what, what Kelly's position was. Is that right? I,
1: I think so. I think so. I mean, managing director. Because there
0: a CEO and <laughs> managing director. I don't know. Anyway. It's yeah, I, I'm not
1: sure the title I want to speak. But.
0: It's going to be interesting to see because this is the thing I say and I, I say it all the time and in my experience with these all these brands I worked with like the brands that were actually able to successfully implement our recommendations were privately held and the publicly held companies had too much pressure to answer to shareholders to to take the time to Make longer term decisions that would benefit the company ultimately. Like a yeah, little more kind of red planning. tape. Yes.
3: More yeah, more red tape, more regulations publicly traded, internal and also external from the government. Uh, you have NASA and you have SpaceX. Right. <laughs> right? Big government red tape. And look what Elon did with SpaceX. Right? There's a car out oh, there. Yeah. So private, <laughs> and then they took it. Because, uh, <laughs> <so>.
0: Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, they just, it's, it's hard in like watching, you know, even in these big publicly held companies, the, the, uh, a lot of the staff was required to change their position every 18 months, which meant at 18 months, you're either getting promoted or demoted. So in 18 months, such a short time to, to make any impact or, or change on a, on a brand. Right. So it was really forcing that focus on an individual level to reflect uh, the shareholders perspective, um, which is where I think we start to lose heart and human responsibility is, is when that pr- those pressure cookers, and I didn't know how much a private equity situation is exactly the same kind of pressure cooker. So I I feel both hopeful and totally demoralized through this conversation. (laughs) I've got...
1: (laughs) 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 Just like before you walk on stage.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you, John, so much for joining us. I I knew that once we started talking about it, you'd have tons of insight for us. Uh, You know, we're just sorting it all out. So I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, it was uh, my pleasure. Hopefully it was somewhat helpful. I know I had fun. You guys asked really good questions and so did your audience. Yes! So thank you for that.
0: Yay. All right. I love you so much, John. <laughs> good to John. meet you, I'll John. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Love you. See you guys. Bye. Take care, man. It. Yay. It's my brother. Wow. John Halal. Wow. Look, at,
1: look at that Halal family of Hall of Fame achievers.
0: <laughs> but I see, I don't look like everyone else in my family looks Arabic or more Arabic than I do.
1: You the oh, Italian.
0: Like dark eyes. I, yeah, I think I got the Portuguese and Italian blend. Nice. We're, we're That's half... what I
2: order at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she says to the and two
1: then... <laughs> pigment depleted ginger guys. <laughs>
0: right, and we and we're conscious. Like I just want to point out to anybody watching that we're conscious that that we don't even in this conversation have any DEI representation, which is a whole other uh, piece of this. I mean, it's the heart of this puzzle that we've been talking about, uh, today, but yeah. And that last thing
1: that- I, that last thing I asked was kind of, you know, I was aiming at the heart of that. Cause like, cause I love John and he's, and he's great, but it's like your brother said, the pressure cooker is even if somebody else ch- is in charge of changing the bottom line, right? Okay. Licensing and corporate people, whatever, you know, uh, bottom line, John, uh in our vision and our strategy you are going to eliminate and turn around institutional racism you got two years uh and then it's like uh uh, right and and, but but here's the hope
0: around it and here's my genuine hope around it i didn't know that i would be speaking about it publicly but like this is what i thought i hope i hope that they know enough that they know nothing to say john go so not just like, John, 100%. go fix everything, but John, go and tell us what you need for us to support you in your efforts. And we're not going to give, we might ask a question to clarification or absolute essentials higher budget, but we're going to let you lead for real. Like that's the question. Are they going to let him lead for real and you had entered in the whole part of like they may not want to just inherit john because he's not their hire. um but boy would that be a real terrible way for them to start <laughs> if they it, didn't it would, it, i mean and who it would be the singular would they go? worst way yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so so there's that kernel of hope in me that here's why there's this is that they will that they'll do um This is their chance for a fresh start as Mm -hmm. sort of, right? Uh, And it can be a whole new era and that era can be focused around nurturing their people. And if their goal is to make these crazy leaps in the bottom line, their best chance of making those leaps is Mm -hmm. if they spend this time and is if they spend this money on these resources to make these reforms in their infrastructure to make sure it's actually inclusive because nobody gives a shit anymore about products from a company that hasn't include diverse voices it is noted like that's why we have to be self-conscious that we have no bipoc Mm -hmm. faces up here right now and uh and I'm hoping, you know, that as these conversations continue in, you know, for, for Curious, we're having a diverse team work on this stuff, Like right? Second City, it, it just has to be done. It's not even, it's it's racist, it's sexist, but it's also old, right? Yeah. It's yeah. 65 years old and, and you know, VTSL is 30 years old. We have a lot of institutions that are old that have hit the wall.
3: And then That's we right. have
0: places like SAC and Dad's Garage that are 30 years old. And, and these are all mentors to me over these past 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. And I have watched Dad's Garage and uh, SAC Comedy Lab evolve mm-hmm. and and continue to, to grow. So, you know, there's been the same ownership and the same leadership at Second City forever. There's been the same... Uh, there was the same managing director, of VTSL, like, and there's just a point at which like, this applies to me and running curious. I'm like, I've been doing it for 12 years. That is a long time. How can I move into a position where I'm making space for yeah. the newer generation? Because we've had a cultural shift in the past 10 years that I don't think we've seen since the 60s, right?
1: Yeah. And hopefully some of that money your brother talked about, I was kind of amazed when he talked about the, the amount of money that they invest in research yeah so ho- hopefully if that research was done in the last year part of that money for research went to oh we need to really make d and i and e a freaking priority here in order to
0: make this Like this, this is an work. opportunity. This is a place yeah. where this company is losing and that we can turn into winning by attending to this. For and sure. And the consequence
1: will be the bottom line will go up.
0: Yes, absolutely. But that's, but
1: and that's, you know, it's it just like an improvisation. There's a difference when you're allowing the entertainment and the story, the comedy to be the consequence of your connection versus you're just focusing on the ending or you're focusing on being funny. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm that much of a nerd that I hope, uh, my hopes are like, my hopes are like with you and there's, to me, I just feel a measure of terror. Like I really hope Second City works out and I really like, I. It's just going to be I, I can't even get my brain around all of it uh and we didn't even yeah we didn't we didn't even ask about the the impact of the teachers union
0: no no but it Which seems like a, the article said they're fully aware of it and it's not seeming to but you're right like that's a that that is going at le, i like the idea that the union will reinforce any suggestions that they need to repair relationships. And I think that's what we're talking about. So my favorite thing from therapy that I ever learned is that we're always balancing three different things, self-respect, what we want, and relationships, right? So I think improv is all about relationships, but business, when you're looking at the bottom line is about what you want. You want to get from 50 million to 350 million in less than 10 years or whatever the, the actual numbers are. And the thing that I believe in is that you're more likely to achieve what you want when you fully tend to your relationships and that those relationships are the heart and soul and the fuel of everything else. But that is not the traditional capitalist. And that's what nine to five is about from the 1980s that's what the movie nine to five is about right what right. wait what what are you
2: nine, to five. nine to five about? i love it but what are you saying it's about they Death came and
0: in all? and they he was an asshole to all of the employees he was a total right. dick and then they tied him up and then they had work share they had <laughs> right they had child care mm-hmm. they had you know all the stuff that people are calling socialist was just like taking care of your people at a at a massive company. So then all of a sudden productivity and the reason why they got away with tying up their boss, spoiler alert, 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's great. Is that they got away with it because he got the credit for all the work that they did and the pro- the bottom line went up because they took care of the people. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that's your uh, your mic drop closing <laughs> statement, Stacey That was pretty. Uh, okay, so. great.
0: I, th- I think this is the closing statement, Natalie Sullivan. Everything is <laughs> nine to five. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thanks for chatting with me. Let's do more of these, hey? And like yeah. get uh, more diverse guests to join us as well. At least my oh, brother's an Arab, me. so I, you know, my brother yeah, and I, I make one Arab between us. So there was a little like a little color. But we'll do better. Uh, thank you guys so much. Thanks, JC. I love you both. I'll talk to you soon. All right, nice to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.